Well, it is time for our weekly segment, which is focused on the Institute of Agriculture and Natural Resources at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Our guest today is Vice President and Vice Chancellor Mike Bame. Mike, last week we had the chance to discuss some work of IANR scientists to help make crops more resistant to cold. This week, after some unseasonably warm days, I'm certainly not complaining, but we're going to talk about an equally important set of uh, research happening at the university, making crops more tolerant to heat and drought. What is this research all about? Yeah, thanks, Bryce. Some background. Nebraska really does have a long history as a leader in crop genomics, or, you know, boiled down the study of a plant's genetic material, its DNA and its genes, that ultimately impact its characteristics. And, you know, if we think about those characteristics, often it's things like um, the size of the kernels of the grain, uh, the yield potential, um, that the, the plant might produce, how tall it grows, the size and width of leaves or the structure of a canopy, if I'm thinking about soybeans, the ability to efficiently use nitrogen, tolerance to stressors like cold and heat and drought, but also disease and insect pests and lots of other characteristics, especially as you start thinking about food for health or food as medicine even thinking about the digestibility um, when the food ultimately gets into our, our gut or if we think about corn and thinking about field corn versus um, corn for human consumption, you know, different enzyme levels that uh, influence, um, you know, how it, how it um, is processed. So all of that is controlled by genetics and all of that is studied here in the Institute of Ag and Natural Resources. And at UNL, we have a really unique center called the Center for Plant Science Innovation. And that center lives outside of IENR, but brings together scientists and researchers from um, the College of Arts and Sciences, School of Biological Sciences, from engineering, from agronomy and horticulture, entomology, plant pathology, um, you name it pretty neat group, and they examine plant genetics and the larger plant genome, if you will, from many, many, many different angles, including cold tolerance, like we've been talking about um, the last couple of weeks, and heat and drought tolerance, which is our topic this week. Let's dive in a little bit deeper into that, Mike. How are Nebraska researchers working to understand and then improve heat tolerance? Yeah, one of the things about heat tolerance, and I should have I meant to look this up um, in prep, but I think it's something akin to this, that for every degree that the atmospheric temperature Celsius, every degree centigrade that the atmospheric temperature rises, there's a corresponding 10% reduction in yield in most grain plants. So for every 1%, a 10% drag on yield. And when you think about 7.8 billion people around the world and exactly, you know, where they get their, their, their carbohydrates and their protein and their sustenance. Grains are just such an important part of that. And then further, you think about animal and livestock and poultry production or fish production. I mean, it is, it's a big deal. Um, And so one of the things that our researchers are looking at is the, the linkage and trying to unravel the genetic controls of, of how these high temperatures, and Bryce, especially nighttime temperatures, that can lead to severe losses in yield and quality of crops. These, 
Losses are particularly high for wheat and rice, as I mentioned, two major cereal crops worldwide. A team of UNL professors led by Professor Harkamol Walia has looked at these genes and the genetic variants in wheat and rice to try to identify genetic markers, if you will, and different, um, different linkages to characteristics uh, of those various uh, variants and t looking at how it's tied to heat tolerance. And um, other researchers like Ed Cahoon, who's the director of the Center for Plant Science Research, have worked to understand why some crops such as sorghum are more tolerant to heat than close relatives, like we talk about on this uh, segment all the time, such as corn. In the case of sorghum, UNL researchers have actually determined that a waxy coating um, on the leaves, on the on the plant itself, actually helps protect against heat stress. You know, I kind of liken this to those who, uh, uh, in the feedlot uh, operations, when we get into that rough July, August uh, temperature, um, stress, drought, it's the same kind of thing. Nighttime temperatures and the cooling that comes with that nighttime temperature is just so important. And when we get conditions where that doesn't happen, then, you know, plants and animals respond differently. And trying to understand that is, is really at the root of what we're talking about here. Let's take this research from the lab to the field and get your thoughts on how this work is changing agriculture. Yeah, just a couple of quick examples. So um, Harkamol led a research team that identified a, a gene in wild wheat that really had nothing really to do about the above ground parts of the plant, it was all about root structure. And uh, this wild wheat actually had a root structure that was better suited to dry conditions. And when this gene was introduced from the wild wheat relative into cultivated wheat, the cultivated wheat performed, not surprising, pretty cool, better in dry conditions. Um, Dr. Walia was able to obtain a patent on this genetic breakthrough and that was licensed through new tech ventures and so this this uh, this gene this approach to enhancing drought tolerance commercially is now available to breeders all around the world another cool um, example of how this science gets translated into practical uses uh, he and several other researchers also invented a high-tech imaging device called hyperseed that uses um, hyperspectral uh, technology to evaluate the genetic attributes of seeds, um, basically thinking about reflectance. So when the sunshine rays, it's sending all the different wavelengths. Uh, some of those wavelengths are absorbed, and then some of those wavelengths that aren't absorbed are reflected back. And so actually these hyperspectral tools allow us to look at the difference of what wavelengths are coming in versus what wavelengths are bounced off, the difference then is what is absorbed. And by using this technology, actually allowed them to screen seeds with desirable attributes that really were important um, related to drought tolerance, heat tolerance. And by using this hyperseed technology, they were able to increase the throughput of their uh, screening and selection program um, in, by orders of magnitude. So these are just two, a couple of examples of how this um, really uh, neat science 
translates into practical applications. Well, good stuff there, Mike. As always, we appreciate you joining us with the information. As a reminder for our listeners, if you'd like to keep up with all the things happening within the Institute of Agriculture and Natural Resources at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, head on over to ianr.unl.edu. On the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bryce Duskit reporting.